Hey everyone, welcome to the Sewership Review. I'm your host, Greg Darley. Our goal is to help busy leaders like you get healthy. And because here's what we believe, you can't be successful in all you've been called to do unless you're the best version of you and the best version of you is the healthiest version of you. So we spend time looking at the four pillars of health, physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual, and we give you practical ways that you can get healthier. Now on today's episode, we have a special guest, friend of mine, Blake Stanley is a pastor. He's executive pastor down at Three Circle Church in Fairhope, Alabama. Uh, Three Circle is the second fastest growing church in the state of Alabama and has been listed among the top 100 fastest growing churches. He oversees their finances, the multi-campus strategy, leadership development strategy, and a bunch of other things. And um, as a leader, what I love about Blake is he just takes these principles of the stewardship of you very seriously. He's committed just stewarding his health and his fitness as a part of his calling as a pastor, but also as a husband, as a father. And so we had a really candid conversation uh, that I think will encourage you and inspire you in your leadership journey. And so let's get. Fantastic. Well, hey, man, welcome to this show. Glad you could, uh, could join us here. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, so. You know, we're always talking about, again, health for leaders, like how do we stay healthy and all that. And so uh, before we kind of jump in to a lot of your stuff that you're doing to, to stay healthy, I know you, you work out, I see you in the gym a lot and all that stuff I want to get, but I'd love for, for you to give people just a little bit of a flyby of your journey, just so we can kind of set up the conversation so people kind of know, you know, who you are and kind of where you've been and what you've been up to. Yeah, well, yeah, I was an athlete in high school. It didn't go beyond that. I wasn't good enough. And so I've always enjoyed working out. And uh, I remember I, I was on staff at a church and I noticed that um, I was putting on some more pounds, you know, because the deal is, is that when you are a pastor at a church, even if you don't notice that you're putting on pounds, the people that attend the church do, and they will gladly come up and tell you, hey, it looks like you're gaining weight. Have you ever had that happen to you before? Uh, so, yeah. So I had some people that were coming and kind of chirping and let me know that they noticed that I was gaining some weight. And, and of course, you know, I began to pay more attention and, and uh, you know, made the decision to, uh, to make a change from a, uh, from a fitness perspective and then also, you know, what I ate. And, uh, and yeah, so that, that journey began and this ebbed and flowed. There's been some seasons where I've absolutely killed it in a really good way. And there's been some seasons where I've killed it in a really bad way. And so, uh, right now I'm in one of those seasons where I feel like I am, am, um, am doing it right. Even though, you know, my body is getting old and beginning to break, you know, I've got a torn labrum and back issues and all that stuff, but I still just kind of limp to the gym and I really monitor or I have been over the last several months monitor, uh, in this, the, uh, the food intake. And so, you know, pushing away from the table and staying away from sugar and, and, uh, you know, those foods that will kill you, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, so we got to go back there. So that's, um, you know, I, you're the first pastor I've ever talked to that said someone came up and gave them unsolicited, uh, advice or encouragement. <laughs> so this is brand new. I've never heard of this happening before. Um, you, you gotta love that. So, so you're an executive pastor, right? So of, uh, three circles church. So, you know, you got a big staff, a lot going on. Um, 
you're always on the go. And so I'd love to kind of start maybe there. Um, you've got multiple roles. I mean, you're also husband, father, you got a lot going on. I'd love to start out just talking about how do you organize um, and how do you prioritize, you know, the, the health and those decisions that, you know, impact all these other areas of your life. Yeah. And, and of course, I don't do it perfectly, but I think what I'm pretty good at is I've got a systematic mindset. And so even if I don't take systems and put them on paper, I think pretty systematically. And uh, and so, you know, the thing that I would say to your listeners is that they've got to figure out what their biorhythm is. And so for me, I'm an early riser, not because I like to, it's because I have to. And, uh, you know, I used to not be an early riser. I used to sleep in. So if there's people listening right now that that think, well, I'm just a night owl. Uh, you can actually condition yourself, reprogram yourself to get up early in the mornings. And, uh, you know, when I get up early in the mornings, I tend to get a lot more things done during the day. And, uh, you know, that's usually uh, the, the very thing that I hear from people when they go, well, I'm not really a morning person. But when they kind of break the, you know, the habit of staying up late and going to bed early and getting up, uh, you know, like at the crack of dawn, then the thing that they realize is they get a lot more accomplished in their day. And so I figured that out a long time ago. So I get up at around 4.30 in the mornings and, uh, you know, I have my quiet time. I have my first black cup of coffee. And, uh, and then at around 5, 5.25, I live five minutes from my gym. And uh, so that's a big deal, too. If you, if you can't find a gym that's pretty close to you, then chances are uh, you're probably not going to make it routinely and like on a regular basis. And so, you know, I just found one that just so happened to be close to me uh, that I love. And, and uh, so I started going to the gym um, several years ago. And like everywhere that I go, uh, you know, I'm going to find a gym that I can go work out in. And so I have a gym membership at a local gym that's kind of indigenous to the area that I live in. And then I have a planet fitness membership. So when I travel, it's like 20 bucks a month, you know, that is super cheap. It's a lot, it's a lot cheaper than like, you know, going to the doctor for heart conditions and all those things that obesity brings on. And so I just pay, you know, the $20 a month, which is the black card. Some of your listeners may have some of those and uh, you know, I'll find a gym, you know, like, you know, I'm in Cincinnati right now. I'm actually in a rental car, sitting in a rental car right now. And, uh, you know, I know exactly where I'm going to go work out. I know that there's a Planet Fitness not that far from my hotel. And so I'm going to, um, I'm going to jump in my vehicle, you know, at some point and go to the gym. Didn't get that early morning workout in today because, it, because here's what's insane. Okay. Let me just go ahead and just kind of break away from the script for a little bit. I uh, came up here to attend a church so that I could watch my buddy preach, a church called Seven Hills. And, um, and I uh, came to church after getting up at 2.30, catching one of those crazy flights, flying in, got in the parking lot at 11.15. The gathering starts at 11.30. It's their last gathering of the day. So they've had multiple gatherings. It's a massive church, you know, and, and uh, you know, at the end of the gathering, they go, hey, you know, we usually work out, you know, after we preach the last, you know, service. You know, so there's a bunch of guys, including the pastor that just goes and works out. And I was like, uh, okay, so you guys put in all of the, you know, work and effort, the eight hours, whatever time they get there in the mornings. And then, and then you go and work out and they go, okay. Uh, and, 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 uh, you know, I kind of looked at them a little bit crazy, you know, cause that's just unheard of, but, 
But, uh, you know, because usually when I'm at home, I'm going to find a couch or recliner to go kick back in. And uh, so these guys actually, uh, you, you know, do CrossFit after their last gathering on Sunday. So I went and did CrossFit after getting up at 2.30 and I almost died. And um, so anyway, that like that is the reason why because they normally don't work out on Sundays. That is the reason why I didn't get up early on on Monday morning <laughs> to go find that Planet Fitness because I just had to have some relief and some rest and some recuperation. So anyway, um, yeah, and so that she, well, you know, that's just my biorhythm, but the, the, they've got to figure out their biorhythm. I've got several pastors that are on staff with me that don't work out early in the mornings. They work out in the afternoons. And it doesn't matter when you do it as long as you do it. Um, but the the schedule that I keep, if I don't work out early in the mornings, I'm probably not going to do it. So that's just me knowing myself. And uh, because by the time I get home, I've got four kids that are all over me and asking me questions. And, and then, you know, once the day gets started, like at around 8 a.m., my phone starts buzzing with text messages and emails coming in. And so... You know, for me, if I don't if I don't do it early in the morning while everybody else is asleep, then my workout is going to constantly be interrupted, and I'm not going to get the quality of workout and burn the type of calories that I could. So, that is a long answer to a very short question, but there you go. No, I think it's really helpful. There's two things that I, I want to just focus in on a second here. That's so it's just so important. One is that you're talking about, hey, I, I've done the work to figure out what works for me as an individual, right? I mean, it's, it's so easy right now to get either frustrated or overwhelmed when, you know, you, you look online or whatever it is, you find, you know, the experts and all these things. And it's like, hey, you, here's, here's the way you do it. Here's the way you have to, you know, get in shape or be healthy. And Man, God just didn't design us that way. We are so unique. Right. The, more, the more I learn and dive into just how we're created, how our body works, how our minds work, how all these things come together, I just am continually blown away with how intricate and how really brilliant God was to, to, to create us this way. And so there is no one size fits all. There is no, it's this way or, or no other way, right? This way or the wrong way. It's we all, it all needs to be personalized, right? So stage of life, rhythm of life, uh, you know, season, uh, you know, even for a pastor, right? So, I mean, you have certain seasons, you know, Easter, Christmas, holidays, these, those seasons are going to be even different from, you know, maybe the season we're in right now when we record this. So I think that, you know, doing that work, you know, I just would encourage every leader that's listening, do that work, figure out, hey, when is going to be the optimal time to do it, right? Because, um, you know, depending on what your goals are, right? I mean, there's certain things like, you know, if you're, if you're trying to gain a lot of muscle mass, working out in the afternoon, lifting in the afternoon is, is shown to be better to, for that. But if you don't have time in the afternoon, well, guess what's the next best time? <laughs> Any other time you can do it, right? You know? That's right. Um, and so I think that's really important, just trying to figure out, hey, what works for you and then sticking to that. Um, and then you were talking about systems. You know, again, I know this is how you are wired, right? This is part of your strengths and strengths finder and what makes you great at your job is, is, is seeing, you know, the systems and the parts come together. Uh, I'd love to, to, to dive in a little more nitty gritty there. I, I, I love the, 
um, you know, the details and, and looking at some of the stuff, people are like, ah, what's that? You know, who cares? What's that? You know, who, who cares what my, you know, what, what I'm doing the first 30 minutes or, you know, what, what my, you know, nutrition looks like. But I think that you are making these, what I call pre-decisions, right? You're deciding before the moment. And that's part of the systems that I think are really important is that, you know, if you wait to the moment to make an emotional decision, should I, when the alarm goes off, if you haven't decided you're going to get up and work out, you're not going to get up and work out. You know, if, if that that's conversation right. in your head is, should I hit snooze or should I get up and work out? <laughs> snooze wins every time. I mean, it just does, right? And Absolutely. So I think part of the systems, I'd be really interested to, to dive just a little more, you know, granular there of what are some more of those things? So, hey, alarms go yeah. up. 4.30 every day totally. doing the, you know, the got my quiet time, my black coffee, uh, you know, you picked out your gym, you know, so what are some of these, of these things? And, and maybe even thinking, yeah. about, you know, if, if there's probably people on your team or, 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 or I know there's, there's a group that you are pretty uh, connected with, um, you know, working out and, you know, really holding each other accountable there. Sure. Maybe there are different things you're seeing from them that, that could be applied. So I just love to see some more of that uh, grain. Yeah, absolutely. Well, so, so this is going to sound weird, but when I get off in the afternoons, like you have two types of people, you have people that get dressed and they wear the same clothes all the way up until bedtime. And then they get undressed and go to sleep in, you know, pajamas or whatever. Um, I hate, I hate that kind of thing. Like when I get home in the afternoons, I want to take off the clothes that I have on and I want to put on, you know, some lounging around the house clothes. You know what I mean? I don't know if you're like that, but that's just how I am. And so, so the thing that I've learned is, is that when I get home in the afternoons, I'm changing into the clothes that I'm going to work out in the next morning. So that's just a little tip there. Okay. And so, you know, I am, all right, here's the shorts I'm going to wear. You know, here's the shirt that I'm going to wear. And so I will slip into, you know, the clothes that I'm going to work out the next day. And, uh, typically I'll sleep in some, if not all of the clothes that I'm going to work out in the very next day. And so when my alarm clock goes off, the only thing I have to do is roll out of bed and like, you know, this may be TMI, but I, I put on a shirt, I sleep shirtless. So I put on the shirt that I'm going to work out in, which is right beside my bed, my sock drawers right beside my bed. So I throw that on, I go straight into the bathroom. I brush my teeth. I throw a ball cap on the tennis shoes that I'm going to wear is right by the door so I can throw those on really quickly. So literally by the time my alarm goes off and by the time I'm walking to the coffee pot to make my black cup of coffee, um, I, I mean, I've taken like three to five minutes to get ready. Right. And so that's just a little tip thing. Like I, as soon as I get home, it doesn't begin like right before I go to bed. Well, I guess I'll get up in the morning. I know that I'm going to get up in the morning. And so I'll change in the clothes that I'm going to work out in. So that's just a little, thing that I do. You know, some people may think that's really weird, but that's just helpful for me. And, um, and then the other thing too, is that if you don't know what you're going to do when you go into the gym in the mornings, you're not going to get, uh, you're not going to get the best out of the gym. And so if you're just going in and go, oh, well, I guess I'll run on the treadmill now. And then I guess I'll go over to the elliptical and, and maybe I'll go over here and throw some weights on a bar and like, you know, lift it up and down on a couple of times and and uh, you know we call that it, it's like the life of the gym experience um then you're probably not going to last very long in the gym and um you're definitely not going to get a really good workout you're not going to burn the type of calories that you're looking to burn and so you know i 
always have a plan. Like on Mondays, I'm doing chest, I'm doing shoulders, I'm doing triceps. I'm probably going to lift a little bit heavier on Monday. Tuesdays, I'm going to go into the gym and I'm going to do back and I'm going to do biceps. Wednesday, I'm going to go into the gym and I'm going to do legs. I know I'm not, I hate leg day, but I know I'm going to do legs on Wednesday. And then Thursday, I do a different type of chest, triceps, and shoulder workout. And then I wrap Friday up with doing a um, another back and biceps where it's just, you know, mainly bands. It's usually lighter, uh, you know, that kind of a thing, kind of a rehab mode. And so so that's kind of my schedule. And, and uh, you know, I used to literally have to have to write it out on my phone and, 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 and uh, you know, just have exactly what I was going to do, you know, as soon as I walked in the gym to where I had a plan. And, and uh, you know, I knew exactly what I was going to do, what type of movements that I was going to do for each one of those body parts that I just mentioned. Uh, but now I actually have a trainer that tells me what to do, which is awesome because that just takes away another layer of complexity. And so, you know, I go into the gym, there's a group of us and, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of interval training. And so he tells us four movements to do. We usually do that for three or four rounds and then we go back and get the next movement. And then we always finish up the day talking trash to each other. And, um, and doing, um, and doing some ab work. And so that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what my schedule looks like. And, um, and, and, and it's just kind of the biorhythm, the system that just works for me. No, I love it. I love it. Hey, I want to switch gears for a minute or kind of maybe take it to the next level, um, is in your role as a leader, right? You've made the personal connection that your health matters to your ability, right? That's what we talk about around here all the time. The stewardship of you, you've realized that for, for you to do what God's called you to do, you've got to be the healthiest version of you, right? And so you've come to that personal conviction. <clears throat> what does that look like for you then as a leader, right? You want to see the best from your team. You want to see the best from your, you know, your, your, uh, the people that report to you, the people that, you know, are under your care, but even the people, maybe they don't report to you, but they're, you know, they're a part of your, your bigger team, your bigger vision. What does that look like for you to then encourage, to sure. uh, help them make, you know, connect those dots as well? Because I know that can be difficult, right? Because I mean, health is personal. I mean, you know, it's, it's beyond right. weight, right? Guys, we're talking about obviously more than weight. We're talking about physical health, mental health, emotional health. All these things are connected if you're going to be the best version of you. But then as a leader, again, you want that for your people, but then there's this tension of, you know, do we serve pizza at, at, you know, for that party? You know, what about, you know, do we do early morning meetings? Because some people aren't morning people, they're late, you know, all those things. So how, how do you as a leader prioritize the health of the individuals that make up your team? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, um, so my campus pastors and I are going through a body fat percentage competition right now. That's, that's like one of the reasons why I'm so I'm so monitoring the food that's going into my mouth right now because I want to beat them really badly. And uh, so I'm not as young as I used to be. So I can't just drop 20 pounds in a month like these young bucks can. Um, so so like and of course, that's what I'll say, too, is the way that I'm wired. I have to have like a desired outcome. I have to have a destination that I'm shooting for. And so this body fat percentage competition was perfect for me because I was able to get other people involved, people that report directly to me. And then I would have a desired outcome. So we're all kind of, you know, 
talking to each other, holding each other accountable, that kind of a thing. And, uh, you know, it's kind of off the record because you got to be really careful with, you know, certain things that you say to people because of the culture that we live in today. And you don't want to break any human resourcing laws or anything like that. And so you got to be ultra careful when you're approaching topics like this, but like just friendly challenges and, and, uh, you know, those kinds of things. That's the thing that I loved about, uh, seven Hills is watching those guys go to the CrossFit gym. It's not a requirement, but they're going together and they're working out and they're talking trash and there's this camaraderie that's being built. So those are the types of things that you can do to kind of deploy that. Um, and then the other thing that I'll do is when I'm like, for instance, if I'm planting a campus, um, I had a conversation with a campus pastor that was going to go plant a campus in a specific area. So this was when I was still on staff at a church in uh, Georgia. And I just asked him to do an assignment for me. I asked him to go and to sit into uh, a coffee shop, just insert yourself in a coffee shop at a table where you can watch the entrance and study the people that are coming into the coffee shop. And so that's what he did. And so, you know, after that, I kind of had him give a report. I was like, okay, so, so talk to me about what you saw. And, and he was like, man, it's a, it's a high fitness community. Like everybody that came in had gym clothes on. Uh, they were, were physically fit. They were in shape. Uh, you know, I noticed people running outside, you know, as I was making my way to the coffee shop, I noticed that people, you know, were khakis and clean cut and all that stuff. And so I just kind of pointed out the obvious after he said that I was like, so what do you think you're going to have to look like in order to reach those people? And he said, well, I'm probably going to have to adapt to the type of people that they are. So fitness is going to have to become a priority for me. And uh, the way that I cut my hair is going to have to become a priority for me. You know what I mean? I'm going to have to adapt to that particular culture. And so those are the things that we're constantly looking at. And, and, and plus, you know, I, I don't know if this is carnal or if this is holy, but when you look at someone who is physically fit, you automatically assume that they, that they have discipline, right? And, uh, you know, sometimes you have the opposite reaction when you see someone who's not stewarding themselves well, they're overweight. Uh, you know, they're breathing heavy after walking up a flight of stairs, like you assume, and maybe it's a wrong assumption. Maybe they have some kind of a secondary health issue that's causing them to be that way, but you assume that they're undisciplined. Right. And so like, that's the thing that I tell our campus pastors. It's like, man, I think that when you stand up on the platform, and when you're in shape and when you're healthy and when you can point to stories where you're, uh, you know, not just physically, but being healthy with regards to your marriage and, 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 and uh, your finances and talking about, uh, you know, people that hold you accountable, and the mentors that you have inside of your life, then people are going to automatically want to follow you because people want to follow disciplined people. I mean, that's just a fact. Uh, you know, people want to follow disciplined people or else why would they want to follow them? Right. And so, um, and so, yeah, that's just some of the things that I would say when regards to that question. Yeah, I think that's, I mean, you, you hit it there. It is, it is delicate, you know, it's unfortunately, you know, I guess part of the frustrating thing with our current culture, right. Is that, you know, someone's, someone's going to get offended listening. Um, you know, and it's like, sure. hey, I'm, you know, we're not trying to offend. We're, we're trying to encourage and challenge and, you know, but the, I, I think it is true. I think it is you know, we, we, we're human. We just make assumptions. You just, you know, we don't, I don't know. And so I'm going to fill the gap. That's what people do. We just, there's a gap there and we'll fill it. So I assume 
you know, if you're, you know, more in shape, then again, there's a level of commitment or, you know, maybe you just, you know, you, you hit the gene lottery uh, and, you know, the rest of us, you know, didn't get that. But, you know, I think that is important. Um, even as a leader, I think we know that in other areas, right? We, we feel that, you know, from other people. We feel, you know, there, there's a level of confidence. You know, I, I felt that in different times in my life. You know, there's when I am more in shape, when I, you know, when I'm in one of those good seasons. Um, I mean, when I, it's like when I finished running my first Spartan race years ago, it was like there was a level of confidence that I had that I didn't have before that. Cause it was like, man, I knew what it took behind the scenes to be able to do that. Right. Um, totally. so, yeah, there's a level of confidence too that just comes with, you know, um, not just how you look. And I think that's, that's one of the, not that that might help, but it, I, you know what we're talking about is just so much more beyond that. It's not just your waist. No, side. absolutely. You know, it is the, yeah. the 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 mental the mental and emotional health that comes from the discipline it takes to to work out and to you know to 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 focus on what you're eating and be mindful of that and you know just that level of discipline. Um, there's just something that comes to that and. Totally. You know, me, me and you were both type A competitive, right? I mean, like I'm already thinking I'm gonna jump in on this challenge. I mean, I, I mean, I'm, I'm not a campus pastor, but I want to be a part of this challenge. <laughs> Come on, you bro. Know? And I, you know, for those I know, there are people you're 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 not that right. Competition is not not your driver. But I don't think there's anyone listening that would not say that influence and impact is not part of their drivers. And I think that you know, for for those that haven't gotten on board yet you know, to, to, to take the stewardship of you seriously, the influence and impact that you're leaving on the table is there. What did you see? Um, what did you for, see from like individual leaders? Uh, you know, again, focusing on thinking about, I know there were, again, I had, I had, I mean, after half of last year was just conversations with leaders that were just, man, the conversations were just, sad, depressing, you know, it was just, just the harsh reality there, the, the weight of what they were dealing with, you know, and now, you know, again, I feel like I'm having two different conversations with leaders. One's it was, I mean, they were able to navigate that season personally and they are healthier. They have then, you know, been able to lead at a different level. And then I've got some that just feels like, man, is this it? Are they hanging it up? You know? And so what are you seeing from the individual leaders? I'm curious as far as for those that were able to again, come out stronger. And then, you know, for those that, you know, it was, it, it still is a tough season for them. How are they, how are you encouraging them to, you know, come out of that? Yeah. So, um, so with regards to leadership, you know, there's different styles of leaders that kind of live underneath the canopy of leadership for me. And I'm not going to sit here and like, you know, go, man, COVID was the greatest season that we ever went through, man. If I could go back and like wipe COVID out, I would totally do so because it was challenging. It was difficult. There were a lot of sleepless nights. We had to, uh, you, you know, just like figure things out just like everybody else did. But the style of leader that we have at Three Circle Church, especially on our executive team, is that is that we love kind of being in that state of being overwhelmed and we love to solve problems. And so, you know, if we don't have a problem to solve, you know, sometimes we'll create one just so that we can solve it. And um, and so that's just the style of leader that we are. You know, we love to solve problems and we love to solve big problems. And so COVID was the biggest problem that we've ever faced as a church and that 
something that we are that 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 we totally faced as leaders. And so, you know, the fact that we kind of got to wade through that and figure out things together, uh, man, that was awesome. Uh, but like the 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 thing that I will say to those leaders who who uh, thrive more in a managerial sense, they're more managers than you know they don't have that entrepreneurial type leaning. Uh, I, w- I would say that those who really suffered the most were those who isolated themselves and just kind of crawled under a rock and just, you know, was, oh, poor pitiful me in my situation. And man, COVID presented people with an opportunity to do that, right? Is just to kind of, kind of, you know, get into a room by yourself and, you know, and then of course, nothing good happens when you get into a room and you isolate yourself. I think periods of solitude are great, but like when you're isolating yourself from your team, from your church, then a lot of bad things begin to happen. And so the thing that we, that, that I did, uh, you, you know, is I just begin to call leaders out of isolation, like, Hey, there's hope and Hey, there's ideas and Hey, there's creativity and Hey, there's innovation. And so, you know, during the COVID season, I was probably as busy as I ever was, even though a lot of people thought, man, you know, it must be nice, you know, not not having church on Sunday, but there were a whole lot of things that you had to navigate throughout the week. And then my phone started blowing up with leaders all across the country that I was able to jump on Zoom calls with and participate in conversations with to let them know what we were doing as a church and like man, as soon as I started like throwing some of those things out, it started injecting hope into them because now they have someone who's facing the same exact issue. And that's the thing with COVID. COVID didn't happen in a pocket of the world. It happened to the world. It happened to all of us. And we were able to kind of, you know, sit around and speak into those leaders that were kind of isolating and pulling themselves away from the situation instead of stepping into it and embracing it and figuring out, you know, what type of leader do they need to be inside of that season? So that's kind of, you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the role that I played for a lot of leaders during COVID. And I think that is such a great new priority moving forward, right? I think this is uh, what COVID was the the great equalizer, like you said, and it was the great revealer, right? So it really magnified if there were certain things in the life of, you know, the leader or the organization, it magnified it. And I think, you know, as we talking about the health and, you know, the idea that, you know, solitude is good time, time alone, even for, you know, extroverts, you know, and, and those that then, you know, thrive around people, right? Solitude is good to, to step away, to, to refresh, but isolation is a completely different deal. You know, that's, 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 that's to the extreme. And so I think that I love what you're saying there of, hey, identifying, call people out of isolation. I think that could be, as we talk about, you know, the, the, as the mental health conversation is finally gotten to a place where we can talk about it. Uh, I mean, I've shared openly about my, my struggles and issues with anxiety. And, um, you know, years ago, I just thought I was crazy or weird, you know, and didn't want to talk about it. And then as I started sharing more with it, uh, uh, sharing more of my story with people, people are like, oh man, I've totally been there. I felt that way before too. And that, and it just, it's, it's been a freeing thing. And, you know, for me, it really was like what you described. It was, 
you know, solitude and isolation are completely two different things. Well, isolation really is solitude where it's, <laughs> where it goes to the extreme, uh, you know, and actually you're not getting help. You're not, you're not in community, you know? And so right. I think for leaders moving forward, you know, that needs to be a priority is solitude. Yes. But then community instead of isolation. So, so I love that. Um, yeah. Hey, let me ask you, let me ask you a couple of things and we'll, we'll wrap this up here. Um, I, you're on the road a lot. So I want to come back to nitty gritty for a few questions here. Uh, how okay. do you stay, how do you stay healthy on the road? 2 a.m. flights yeah. sound terrible. <laughs> yeah. So here's the thing is that you can eat healthy just about anywhere you go. In fact, I have thought about um, creating like a YouTube channel and like, you know, just doing the leadership topics. But one of the topics that have always been appealing to me is that, you know, is to stop along the way on a journey and like stop in the gas stations and show people that you can even go in a gas station and pick out a low calorie, high protein snack, right? And show them how to do that kind of a thing. Like you can go and get a sugar-free and like, I know Diet Cokes and Coke Zeros and all that stuff are not supposed to be good for you, but like you can go in and grab a Coke Zero. It's better than, than, than like drinking a Coke, right? Or, or, you know, you can do a sugar-free Powerade. Um, so, so that's the thing is I just always look for healthy options. Like today I had to go to the Apple store because I left my, I left my computer charger and, uh, you know, usually I do during the week, I do intermittent fasting. And so I won't, um, I won't eat until, uh, around noon anyway, because I, I jump up, I go work out. I do that on a fast. I come home, I drink black coffee. And, uh, you know, black coffee, that's the reason why I drink it. You know, I like a little sweetener in my coffee uh, normally. Uh, but, like, I drink black coffee because it curbs the appetite and it doesn't spike your insulin levels and all that other kind of stuff. But, um, but, but like, at around 1130, you know, I started getting hungry. So, I had to drive to the Apple store and I go to the mall. And in a food court, I find Chipotle, right? Chipotle has some nice... Um, uh, meat, high protein, like you don't have to get the rice if you don't want to, you can do a bed of beans. And so I'm just constantly looking for, um, I'm just conditioned when I go into a store, I'm not looking for the, you know, the little Debbie or the Snickers or, uh, the high calorie chips and, 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 uh, you know, high sodium chips and all that stuff. I'm looking for an alternative, something that I can eat in most places, because of the way that our culture is leaning, um, most places you can find something, yeah, that's healthy for you. And uh, almost always, if I pick up something that I'm going to put into my body, I'm going to read on the back what the ingredients are. I'm going to read on the back of it, you know, what is the protein count, what's the carb count, and um, and I, 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 I am also getting better about tracking what I put into my body. Uh, because, you know, calories can kind of get out of control and you're like, oh, I, I was good today, you know, and you don't realize that you actually consumed a ton of calories through the course of the day by snacking or doing whatever. And so, you know, you can use the app. My fitness pal is what I use. And, uh, you know, I will throw that in there really easily. Most of the foods are already cataloged inside of that system. And so, you know, if you eat a banana, they know exactly what the calorie count is exactly what the apple count is most of the restaurants are also embedded into that app and so you know like for instance i ate a specific thing at chipotle i could pull it up throw it in there it takes me all the five seconds to do that and so you know i'm just tracking throughout the day especially if i'm trying to lean up and i'm trying to uh, 
I'm trying to, to like, you know, hit a certain goal. But then the other thing too, is that I think it's okay at times to splurge and to eat something that would be unhealthy. I think it's okay if you've gone for three months without eating a donut, it's okay to eat a donut, a donut, not 12 donuts, but a donut. Uh, you know, it's okay to, um, it's okay to eat something, you know, that's not all, all that healthy when you're on vacation, but like, you've got to have a plan to return to. And that's the problem is that most people don't have a plan to return to. And so they're just constantly eating unhealthy. I've got a plan that if I get off track and I have a donut or I go out, you know, with a group of friends and we have dessert or, uh, you know, whatever, you know, a beverage or whatever, you know, I'm able to go, okay, I did that. Now I'm back on track. I returned back to my plan. And that's the thing that's important for sure. I love that. Um, it reminds me of a um, previous episode where I was interviewing Brian, a pastor up in uh, Virginia. And the very first time I met him was at a team meeting and there were donuts on the table. And I watched, I watched him not eat a donut. And I was like, that's impressive. Like, I like you already, man. So we, we had a good joke about that. He said, it wasn't easy. He was like, and I don't stop every time, but that morning, you know, I had the, I had the, 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 the willpower and the say. willpower <laughs> and the willpower. Yeah, but totally. I love it. Well, we could, I, we, we could keep talking forever. So I'm gonna have to have you on again to, to dive in even more, but Hey, thanks for being on the show. Hey, where can people stay in touch? Where can, you know, other pastors connect with you and follow along with your journey and um, yeah, be inspired by, uh, you know, 4am workouts. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so I have a website, but it's terrible. So I'm not going to give them that. Uh, you know, the next podcast, maybe I'll have a really great website and I can push that and promote that. But, um, yeah, my social media, everything is at Blake underscore Stanley. And so, um, I'm terrible at, at, at like, you know, like, you know, posting and, 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 and uh, you know, all that stuff on a regular basis, but sometimes I'll have a good, I'll have a good run and, um, and my hope and my desire anytime I put something on my social media is to inspire others. Um, and it's also to, um, and, and it's also to like, to like make people smile. You know what I mean? And, uh, you know, I posted myself in a very precarious situation. I didn't like, look, I'm doing CrossFit after taking a flight at two 30. Like I was very self deprecating. And I said, uh, yeah, I took a flight at two 30 this morning to get to this church and they're killing me with CrossFit sweats pouring off of me. And I look terrible and all that other kind of stuff. And so, so, you know, so like, if you follow me, you're not going to get, uh, you know, three points in a poem. You're not going to get, uh, you know, the, uh, here's, uh, like this guy that's got it all together. You're going to see the good, the bad and the ugly. So, so at Blake underscore Stanley, come and follow along with me. <laughs> I love it. I love it, man. Well, hey, thanks so much again. And we will catch up with you soon. Thank you, bro. As always, thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you would share it with your friends. And if you really enjoyed it, leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts or Spotify or whatever platform you're listening, that would be a huge help so that other leaders can find us and learn more about what we're learning about. And don't forget, you can get 10% off your entire order at peakenergynutrition.com with the code podcast, 10% off your entire order. And remember, 
You owe it to those that you lead and to those that you love to bring your best energy. We'll see you next time.